family, just a few more moments. Let's, let's soak in that. Let your spirit be completely filled up. And rejuvenated on the word that has been released. There are no, there are no rivals. There are no rivals. There are no rivals. same situation there are no rivals there are no rivals there are no rivals if he has none you have none if he has victory you have victory this goes in tandem with the understanding that that no weapon being able to form being formed against you has an ability to prosper because I can I can feel and I can hear the kickback of yeah but I still work with the same person yeah but I'm still in the same environment well first of all let's keep it biblically accurate it's never a person that would be the rival or the problem or the issue for our, our, our warfare is not against flesh and blood that's why the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but the mighty in God to pull down things that we cannot see called strongholds anything that sets itself against the knowledge of God so whenever I'm in a situation where I would look at and call something my rival or call something my issue, God gives me weaponry to take care of the real issue at hand. The real issue is a stronghold. The real issue is a thought pattern, a perception that I'm looking at what's going on around me as if it could actually win and take, take me out and take me over. There's the problem. It's not an individual. That's why we can't we can't war against the flesh and the blood. That's gonna fade away eventually for all of us. But the real issue of the stronghold that keeps my thought patterns in this place of I can't, I'm not gonna make it, I'm not enough. I don't have and all of all of all the other ones that we war with God gave me something to be able to combat gave me a whole list of it actually this is a part of that weaponry worshiping with the saints declaring his word that was a powerful moment beautiful moment I was waiting for it to hit I knew it was coming at some point powerful moment of declaration to remind us that you have no rival you have no rival and the path is clear two sets of scriptures made me think about first one David coming back from Ziglag comes back into the camp I'm sure it was the Philistines, 2 Samuel. Entire camp's been decimated. Every man's wife and child's been taken into slavery, completely tore up the camp, took everything. The Bible says that everybody, including David, every man rips his clothes, cries out, distressed, can't believe it. 
that this is taking place. And his soldiers, his men got so distressed that they started plotting to kill him. David's men get so distressed that they start to plot to turn on the leader that just led them into victory. So the Bible says David had to go internally and encourage himself. That's where the famous verse comes from, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. David encourages himself. Then he goes before the Lord to ask him a question. Shall I pursue? Can, is, can I get the green light from heaven to go back and to get what's mine? Because this was taken from me while I, while I was gone. Doing something else in your name, by the way. And this was taken from me. But I need to ask you, can, can I go and do what needs to be done? And the Lord responds to him, pursue, overtake, and get back everything, everything that they took. If they took it and it belongs to you, have every right to go get it back now mindful stay with me this is not a flesh and blood thing Old Testament it was but Old Testament is type and shadow of what it is that we live as the church today so we don't go bashing down people's houses and stuff and taking and taking things that's not that's not how it goes for us but we have an enemy of our soul that has come and if we do an assessment we can probably see a few places where something was taken and something was robbed and something was pulled from us that does not belong to them does not belong to him and does not belong to those fallen angels that serve him yet they make it their duty that anything that I'm not holding a safeguard over that I leave open, that I leave to open season, they have no problem taking. But in this moment, through the prophetic push of there being no rivals, want to release the grace of God over us that you would gain an attitude in the spirit that everything that belongs to me I'm not going after what don't belong to me if it's not mine to have then it can stay there if it's not mine to have then it's not, it's not my concern but if something was taken that's got this name on it if there's something that's open for me to have that's not in my possession now because it was taken from me here we go there are things that have been taken from us just, just give me this prophetic grace for a moment just this moment there are things that are taken that do have your name on it I'm talking yours I'm talking Laura I'm talking Jermaine I'm talking Mara I'm talking Paula yours but then there are things that because of whom you were born to that has a generational name that's still sitting there. Because remember, gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So once God has it within his heart being the giver that he is, that once I give it, then I have no need for it again. So I'm, so I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait and see if, if there will be one within a generational line that will pick up on the fact that I'm such a giver and that the things that have been given over but just haven't been taken possession of. 
there are graces, there are gifts, there are opportunities that have been given to entire family lines. And grave, grave site after grave site after grave site continues to be dug and funeral after funeral continues to be had and family reunion after family reunion continues to be had and we still don't see these graces walking the planet. Mantles just dropping everywhere. Mantles of people of God in recent years, 10 to 15 years, that have passed away and gone on home to be with the Lord. Mantles still waiting to be picked up. And I am asking God that there will be a grace. that rests upon us to pursue, to recover all, to overtake, and that which the Lord was gracious enough to give, if there's space enough within my life for me to have it, God, I am asking for it in the name of Jesus. Since there is no rival, there's nothing standing in the way, what do you have to lose, pursue, overtake, and recover everything that has been taken Taking from your possession, it's time for it to lay within your hands once again. Pursue it. Pursue it. Then go get it. Zechariah 4 7. Or 4 6. Let me back up. The angel's talking to the man of God. gives a statement that what's about to take place this grace that's about to be given to you it's not effort okay it's not an effort thing it's not a volume thing my personality causes me to have high volume that's why I'm like that but too often someone would look at that and say that that therein lies the power that's that's not the case please please don't do that This is a scripture I'm giving to you to prove that. The angel says to him that what's about to happen is not by power. This is Zechariah 4 6. Not by power. Not by might. You know it. But by my spirit, says the Lord. Let me read to you verse 7. I got it in here. All right. Verse 6, he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, no by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Verse 7, who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain and shouts of grace, grace shall come upon it, turning it into that plain. Just reinforcing all the more that there's absolutely nothing that stands in the way of the people of God in their pursuit, in their overtaking, in their recovery. in their pursuit, the aggressive nature, in their overtaking, in their collecting. And then he gives a recovery period in there as well. Pursuit, overtake, recovery. To think that the Lord has a strategy set in place for thousands of years that gets, resets, and recalibrates you in a stronger position than what you feel like you lost. Because when loss comes so strong, 
Every now and then it can be difficult to actually believe that not only could I recover and get back to what I feel like was the starting block, if I could just get back here. That's a lot of our, that's a lot of our pursuit. That's a lot of our heart posture. God, if I could just get back to, I'm good with that. If I could just get back to, but no, no, no. God is saying that what you're looking at as a mountain, I'm not trying to make it into a hill for you to cross over. I'm looking to lay it flat and turn it into a plain. Saying what? The Lord is challenging us that we're thinking too small. Who are you, O great mountain? I'm turning you into a plain. Watch this. With shouts of grace, I'm going to use my voice. I'm, I'm going to use the power of the decree. I'm going to use the power of thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established. going to use the power of shall I say something and then have the unmitigated gall to not perform it shall I say something just to talk just for the sake of talking am I not the God that said let there be and if you go outside it still continues to be am I not the God that upholds all things by the word of his power Your mountain is becoming a plain. Your mountain is becoming a plain. And we receive it, Lord. We want to come in corporate repentance of thinking so small. Yes, shot. Corporate repentance of downsizing the ask. Lower than what it is that you spoke to us. Just so my heart won't be hurt again. Come on, let's go there, fam. I've been there all week, so I know I know I'm right with this. Downsizing the ass. Because I'm sick of my heart being hurt. I'm tired of dealing with hope deferment, which makes a heart sick. It's painful. And so I'll just go out this far. So that way, if it doesn't happen, I can't be hurt that bad. Call us to the deep once again, Jesus. Call us to the deep waters. We raise our sail once again for the wind of the Spirit to take us wherever it is that you see fit. May our hearts be open wide once again for my request to match heaven. Let, let us be a people that have requests that match the answers of heaven. Give us heart desires that match the answers of heaven. Because I got a feeling It's not that heaven doesn't want to answer. You can't because the ask is not big enough. <laughs> I would answer you, but your, your question and your ask doesn't have enough space.
not that I'm not hearing you. My answer's too big. I've got too much wine for that skin that you're bringing to me. Your desire needs greater capacity, says the Lord. Our desire needs greater capacity. And so, Father, we ask for you to instruct our hearts. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire. Give you your heart's desire. He will teach your heart how to desire. And teach us how to ask. Ask of him. Ask appropriately. Because so often I, I, I think I know what I want. And I think I know what I need. reality he knows greater he knows greater and it's not that specific specific wants and and, and and things within personal life he does not want me to have but too often that's that's just where we stop and the power of the chance to ask something of God should not be just minimized to the trivial things that I want him to do. And in me even making the statement that, that our desires need to be expanded to a greater capacity, that doesn't mean increase my list. This isn't a Christmas list I'm talking about. It's not put more things on the list. Is God take me to a higher quality of what I'm asking? Because right now I'm still stuck in the earth realm with what I'm asking. And obviously you need me to make a shift so that heaven's answers can be released. appropriate just to go ahead and, and rock into the into the word so we're going to go ahead and uh, just transition in, into into that time so um, El Johnny if you could bring my computer to me I'd, um, I'd appreciate that uh, thank, thank you guys <clears throat> someone could bring that table close yes man thank you Ryan, it kind of goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you can stay with me, appreciate it. Just give me, just give me a few minutes. Oh, yeah. Yes, if you just uh, follow with me with those. Starting in uh, Hosea. Just give me, um, just give me a few minutes. I didn't know, um, thank you. Like it, like it's been over the past few weeks, you wouldn't want no telling what was about to happen today, you know, thank you. But, um, yes, that's it there. But there's this, there's this theme running this morning. You know, having, having no rivals and recalibration of the, of the heart, and it's it's a it's a statement in life anyway that when when somebody has heart, 
means that they, they, they have, they have this drive, they have this passion, they have this confidence, right, of, of getting up and, and doing what it is, you know, that they have to do or whatever the, the occasion demands. They have, they have the heart to be able to get up and, and to pursue. And it just, just what it is that, that the Lord is saying right now, I just feel it appropriate. I got I got two sets of scriptures um, that I wanna that I wanna go over. One of them actually is speaking speaking toward uh, breaking up the fallow ground with within our hearts and how God has God ushered at least in the context of this scripture, Hosea chapter 10 and verse 12. Let's just read it and then we'll uh, talk about it. I got it in uh, two translations. It says, uh, sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord. Till he comes and rains righteousness on you. So get it in another translation, New Living Translation. I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground in your hearts. For now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. Shower righteousness upon you. Plant the good seeds of righteousness and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground that's in your hearts. So it, this is the minor prophet Hosea. Israel, surprise, surprise, is once again in one of those situations where they have walked away from the Lord, walked away from being obedient to what it is that he was saying for them to do. They've gotten into a tight spot. God raises up a prophet to give them the, <laughs> the same uh, solution that, that it always is. But, of course, he's going to put it in, in, in a different uh, allegory or a different saying each time. This time he's telling them that you have to have a sense of personal responsibility with this. And you have to plow up the hard ground. That's within your heart. Plow up the, the hardness that has caused your soul over however long it's been to cause this corrosion to where you're not really sensing and feeling as you once did. You've got to, you've got to break, you gotta break up that ground. You got to break up that ground. You got to break up that space because there's something else that's got to be planted within you so something else can rise up. So we got to plow up that space that's hard within our hearts. Plow up that ground that's hard within our hearts. Plow up those spaces, which means if, if you've ever plowed, you're taking what's at the bottom and you're flipping it over to the top. So plowing has this time of in moments of exposure. Something's got to be opened up. Something's got to be looked at. Something's got to be exposed. So everything that's been hidden for a long time or at one point has got to be flipped over and we've got to be able to see and examine it because if I'm plowing in a specific place, me plowing is going to help me see if this ground is actually ready for something to be planted in it because I get a chance to examine what it is that's going on there. Clean it up a little bit. And there may be, there may be times or, or things or moments, events that happen. But throughout my life, through the corrosion, I just push it down. I push it down. Problem with that is, if I pack enough down, eventually I'm going to run out of space. And then running out of space and constantly packing things down, packing things down, not really talking about it, not really wanting to deal with it, not really wanting to press into the issue, not really wanting to say much about it. After a while of packing and packing and packing down, I'm going to develop hard ground. And in developing hard ground, there's no space for anything 
to be planted that's going to reap anything of value. So the Lord says, plow up that hard ground. Plow up that hard ground for now is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. If the Lord is coming and he's coming to shower something upon me, if he showers it on ground that can't be planted in two, will the shower do me any good? The shower can't benefit me if it's hitting ground that hadn't been dug into and been plowed up yet. So I could be in the midst of the shower of the goodness of God. But because that heart is still in that position, it's not that there wasn't something to receive. was that the capacity wasn't there the capacity wasn't there the, the space wasn't there for the good seed to be able to get in and do the good thing that the good seed is supposed to do so he said personal responsibility plow up the hard ground within your heart well pastor how do I do that I hear, I hear what you're saying what, what, exact, what exactly does that, does that mean? What exactly does that look like? Well, for one, it's, it's, it's not one specific thing. It's not a list so much as it is a journey. It's a journey. It's a journey of walking with Jesus and, and allowing Him in moments where you're with Him to take out those tools that he has. Take his plowshare. And begin to turn the soil of your heart. Turning the soil of your heart, which means that I've got to make space, create value in my life for me to stay close enough to him so that he's able to do those kind of things with my heart. This, this is how, if this thing just stays to, to a weekend relationship with Jesus, this kind, of, this kind of work can't ever happen. This kind of work can't ever happen if I keep it to just the weekend. And a lot of times I, I will do that in a way to protect to protect myself backwards in its thinking but it, it, it's the thought process of a lot of people that I'd rather not deal with that I'd rather not touch that uh, I tried it before and Jesus didn't answer me like I wanted to so I'm, so I'm going to do the religious thing but I'm just going to keep it away from all the other affairs of my life and how I do life but I, I'll give him Sunday and I'll give him the weekend it, when I do that there's no way that the hard ground the hard ground is able to be gotten to and if the hard ground never gets taken care of and never gets put in a space to where it no longer is hard there, there, there's a verse I think is in Ezekiel where he talks about how God was going to take hearts of stone and turn them into hearts of flesh so God's always in the operation of trying to take the heart. Why the heart? Because the heart is the space where you live your life out of. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart with all diligence for out of there springs the issues of life. Issues of life don't come from the devil. Issues of life don't come from just because you got bad vibes and the universe is not giving you what you deserve. That's nonsense. Issues of the heart come, I mean, issues of life come from the heart. Come from your heart and what it is that has been sown over your lifetime. Wherever it is that has been planted within the heart, the heart is designed to push it out in some shape, way, or fashion. And so the Lord is instructing us right here that you've got to plow that space. 
so that what it is that heaven has to offer you and what it is that heaven has spoken over your life has space for that operation to come and to manifest within your life but I need your heart broken up first I need you to trust this process of breaking up the fallow ground now hear my words break up plow this ain't cute breaking up and a lot of times the harder the ground the more forceful the plow might have to be not to introduce pain or just watch you suffer but for the purpose of I've got to get this up because there's something more that I want to give you plow it up plow it up as painful as it might be plow it up as much as I might not even understand what's going on with me right now plow it up last time I checked it's been years since I plowed it has a rhythm but it's not always neat it's got a rhythm kind of need to know what you're doing if you're operating that kind of machinery but the dirt once you're done is not neat it's not neat and it's not orderly but it's in a space to where it's ready to be productive. It's in a space where it's ready to be productive and it's ready to receive whatever it is that's about to be dropped into it. And I believe the Lord is inviting us in this space to give our heart over to be plowed for us to face those spaces in our heart and soul but we massively frustrated where I'm so ashamed of this mistake I've been holding on to it for years. Where if I let this leak out, they'll never look at me the same. Those spaces. I'm really shaming myself because I keep flipping calendar after calendar, going through new year after new year. And I don't feel like I'm accomplishing what I should accomplish. Why does my life keep looking the same? And I'm ashamed of that. All of that space. God is saying, bring that to me. And we're about to plow. We're going to plow because I'm about to shower something on you. We're plowing because I'm about to shower this grace upon you. So this is the first part. I don't even know what to call this message, so you just got to figure it out later. It's just a now word for us, for us to receive. But there, there, there's an important aspect of, of how our hearts will get plowed in, in this way. How our hearts, how our internals, how our soul is going to be able to be plowed. Remember I mentioned how, how we, we got to make sure that we're staying close to the presence of God and staying close to the voice of the Holy Spirit and making sure that this is not uh, just, just a weekend. I can't wait, I can't wait to get to Strong City Church again. Type, type of lifestyle but this is every day waiting sitting before Jesus hearing what it is that he has to say because th this is what it is that's going to take place when you do that 
want to go to uh, Luke chapter 24. This is, uh, this is my last set of scriptures and I'm done. I've been in this, in this account. This is an account with uh, two disciples that were on the road to Emmaus. They were going to this city called Emmaus. They, um, this is after um, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So Jesus has gone to trial. He's been treated unfairly. He's been beat, made to carry his cross up the hill, hung on it, has died. The three days have passed. Now the rumor is going around based off of Mary who, who got to the uh, tomb first that the Lord has risen. And he's done exactly what it is that, that he said. So there's two disciples that are on this road walking uh, to this city and they they are discussing everything that's happened over over the past week or so everything that's going on so so this is where we're coming into that account so later that Sunday two of Jesus' disciples were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus a journey of about 17 miles they were in the midst of a discussion about all the events of the last few days when Jesus walked up and accompanied them in their journey they were unaware that it was Jesus walking alongside them for God prevented them from recognizing him so the Lord is walking right beside them but they don't have a clue because God has prevented them from being able to recognize him Jesus said to them you seem to be in a deep discussion about something what are you talking about so sad and gloomy so what what it is what is it that's got that's got you so down they stopped and one of them named Cleophas answered haven't you heard are you the only one in Jerusalem unaware of the things that have happened over the last few days like where have you been Jesus asked what things the things about Jesus the man from Nazareth they reply he was a mighty prophet of God who performed miracles and wonders his words were powerful and he had great favor with God and the people but three days ago the high priest and the rulers of the people sentenced him to death and had him crucified we all hoped that he would be the one he was going to be the one who would redeem and rescue Israel finally early this morning some of the women informed us though of something amazing they said they went to the tomb and found it empty they claimed two angels appeared and told them that Jesus is now alive. So some of us went to see for ourselves and found the tomb exactly like the women said. But no one has seen him. Nobody's seen him since. Jesus said to them, why are you so thick-headed? <laughs> I love the passion translation. Why, why are y'all so thick-headed? Why you find it so hard to believe every word that the prophets have spoken? Wasn't it necessary for Christ the Messiah to experience all these sufferings and then afterward to enter into his glory? Then Jesus carefully unveiled to them the revelation of himself throughout the scripture. He started from the beginning and explained the writings of Moses and all the prophets and showing how they wrote of him and revealed the truth about himself as they approached the village Jesus walked on ahead telling them that he was going to a distant place so they've come to a fork in the road Jesus is like well you know it was it was cool being with y'all but I gotta I gotta keep going gotta keep moving so he's going going on to a distant distant place but they urged them to remain there and pleaded please stay with us it'll be dark soon so Jesus went with them into the village we're about to get there to my verse. Joining them at the table for supper, Jesus takes bread, bless it, breaks it, and then gives it to the disciples. All at once their eyes were open and then they realize that it was Jesus. Then suddenly in a flash, he vanishes before their eyes. Stunned, they look at each other and they said, why didn't we recognize it was him right here? Did not our hearts burn with flames of holy passion while we walked beside him? And he unveiled for us such profound revelation 
from the scriptures. That was my statement. I wanted to read the whole thing because it's a cool story. But I just, that's it. But I wanted to get to the statement of, did not our hearts burn while we walked with him? A part of the process of my heart being plowed is the burning that takes place when I walk with him. As you walk with the Lord, your heart is to forever burn because he's so close. To burn with the passion of what it is to be content that Jesus is so close. For, for the burning of that passion to melt away every inferior thing that's in my heart that tries to convince me that there's something more that's needed. Did not our hearts burn while we walked with him? We couldn't put our hands on it, but we knew there was, there's something happening right now. That's what happens in the presence of Jesus. That tender, compassionate love and care that causes the heart of his beloved ones to be set ablaze every time he gets close. Did, didn't even have to know through cognitive ability that this is Jesus standing beside me. But still, because he's just that powerful and magnificent and holy, still getting the same reaction. And this is the invitation that he's given us to come so close. Close enough to hear his voice. Close enough for my heart to catch a blaze. And catch on fire. This is the lifestyle we've been called to, family. With us in this prophetic turn and this prophetic shift that has happened, we have no other choice but to make sure that the fire and the flame never goes out from what it is that he is doing, what it is that he is saying. How do I break up the fallow ground within my heart? Set it on fire. What's a part of the process of breaking up that fallow ground? Entering into that space of grace. That space of refreshing that comes from the presence of Jesus. My, fi my final statement and I'm done. I should have put this in the scriptures, but it just came to me. Y'all remember the, um, the short and stature rich man Zacchaeus remember how he Jesus was in his town and in his space Bible says that he climbs a tree so that he's able to see Jesus because he's short in stature everybody's taller than him so he can't really see what's going on goes up high in the tree can look in the distance can see Jesus Jesus looks up in the tree points to Zacchaeus and says this day I need to go to your house and I need to dine with you need to go to your house. I want to come home with you. Zacchaeus, of course, probably as, as, as any sane person in that time would get down, would go to his house, and would start making arrangements. We don't know if, he's, if he was married, but quite sure he would tell his wife, get everything in order. <laughs> the Lord is coming, okay? So whatever he want to eat, we're going to go get it. We're going to make sure that he, he's taken care of. Jesus goes home with him. 
First of all, Zacchaeus is a tax collector, right? That's how he got his riches. Tax collectors were known back then to be quite shady businessmen. So it's already an issue that the Lord and the sovereign Savior of Israel has pointed out this sinful man and said, I need to go home with you. And I need, I need to dine with you. So he's, he's at the house because what I'm getting at is that draws everybody else who doesn't fit the demographic of what it is to be right or to be good or to be fill in the blank based off of everybody who thought they met that qualification. So you got all these misfits at the table. The Lord is... From, from what we can see in the Bible, he's just, he's dialoguing. He's dialoguing. He's spending time with them. Zacchaeus, seemingly out of nowhere, Bible says he stands up and says, everything that I have ever stolen. He's a tax collector. Everybody knew that that's how tax collectors got their money. They peeled off the top. They would, they would make the bill higher. They would take the, the fudge and then give Rome what was theirs. Zacchaeus says, everything that I've ever taken, like that, I'm not only going to give it back, I'm going to restore it four times. I'm going to restore it four times. And the Lord says to him, after he starts doing all that, he says, and this day, salvation has come to your house. Now, here's my point. Nowhere in that story are you going to find Jesus saying, Now, Zacchaeus, we need to talk. Zacchaeus, you got some shady business practices, and I know you know better than that. We need to talk. That's, so I need to come to your house. We need to talk about that. doesn't bring up what he don't do right not one time yet there's something that has been created by being so close to Jesus so where there is, there is a conviction that stirs up in Zacchaeus for he himself to come to that conclusion I would like to suggest that it's this same sentence right here. My heart is burning because of who I'm so close to. Comes to the conclusion himself. And this is the space that we're being invited to, fam. That our hearts would burn. And if there's something that needs to be addressed, it could be addressed. But more importantly, the, the, the satisfaction of being able to bathe yourself in no greater love than the love of the Father. And so, Father, we say thank you. We thank you up that fallow ground within our hearts thank you that our hearts burning is not a one-time event if we can pick up on it it's burning right now because of your goodness we lift our hearts to you Lord ask for that fallow, those fallow spaces, those hard spaces to be broken up within us. We lift them before you. If we've got a heart of stone, we cry out for it to be a heart of flesh. If we have stone-like pockets in our hearts, we give them to you and ask that they will be turned into hearts of flesh. We want to be a people fit to carry to steward 
what it is that heaven is saying. Let us be a people that can be trusted with the edification, the exhortation, and comfort of your body by releasing what thus says the Lord. Give us opportunity today. Give us opportunity this week to be able to speak your word in season to those that need it the most. To those that we find ourselves close to, those that we find ourselves near. May the heart burning that is within us be something that can be carried over to those who are so dry and so thirsty and need to hear from you, Lord. in here for the next few moments Ryan continue to release that sound of heaven I need everybody else if you've got the prayer language of heaven I need you to release it because I, 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 I feel I feel a moment <clears throat> that the hard and fallow ground of leaders in the body of Christ I'm talking I'm talking preachers who on the outside look like everything is firing on all cylinders and it couldn't get any better but there's a corrosion that's happening within their hearts. Some of them are on the brink of making wild decisions that are so outside of their character. And the enemy would not would love nothing more to happen so that he can parade it on the news and all over social media once again. But Father, we are picking up. We're picking up the tab on this one in the spirit. We hear what it is that you are saying. And so right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray and we cry out for our leaders within the body of Christ. Father, you said that without repentance. And so, Lord, we pray right now for every leader in the body of Christ, every man of God, every woman of God, every apostolic and prophetic and evangelistic and pastoral and teaching gift that you've given to us that the body might be able to be instructed and be strengthened. Right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now that there would be a returning back, a wooing back of their hearts back to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. We are praying right now, God, that the fallow ground within their heart will be broken up. We pray right now, God, that the plow of your presence will be able to come forth and to, and to plow up and to turn over those spaces within their hearts, dark secrets that they've been hiding for a long time, standing on secrets, standing on platforms and proclaiming your name, but dying on the inside. We pray right now, God, that there will be a doing away with that duality in their life in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray right now that they will be able to drink richly from the well that they spend so much time preaching to others about, but they're not taking up from it themselves. We pray right now, God, that there will be a shifting and a turning within their heart and a great cry out and a great repentance and a great conviction that will come upon them and lead them in the right way, Lord. We pray right now, God, for an infusion of your kindness to come upon them, Lord, for it is the kindness of God that leads one to repentance. We are praying right now, God, that there's a space and an environment that's made for them to be able to be in the safe place and for them to be operated on. We pray right now, God, that there will be uh, an anesthetizing, oh God, of the space around them, that there will 
be an infusion and a sanitizing of the space around them, Lord, that there will be nothing that can get within them that can cause our corrosion, that can cause them to be a disease, that can cause their spirit to pick up on something that's not from you, God. We are praying right now that there will be intercessory circles that will be around them in their churches and in their ministries that they will not continue to feel like that they're walking this out alone, that they're walking by themselves, that they've got to fake it and they've got to play the game and they've got to do all these charades and things because they think that that's actually what it is to walk with you. We are praying right now, God, for that to be burned away by the burning that comes from being close to Jesus. We pray right now, God, for a closeness to Jesus, a closeness to Jesus, to return back to them, Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray right now, God, for their value system to be redirected back to what it is to love you, to what it is to sit with you, to what it is to read your word and to feed from what it is that you are saying in the scriptures, not for performance sake, not for sermon preparation, not for conference preparation, but for their hearts follow ground to be torn. You said that you would give the shepherds that were after your own heart. We pray God for a returning of the shepherd that's after the heart of Jesus. The shepherd that's not after the pay raise. The shepherd that's not after the next building. The shepherd that's not after the next plot of land. The shepherd that's not after the next TBN episode. The shepherd that's not after the next opportunity to get in front of more people. The shepherd that is after the heart. The heart of Jesus. The heart of Jesus. Man of God, the fire is coming unto you to burn away the fallow ground. Woman of God, the fire has come upon you. That the fallow ground may be burned away. We need our leaders, Lord. We pray for our leaders. We cry out for them. We thank you for them valued and we show value and appreciation for them in those spaces that they hit in the midnight hour where they're crying out to you and they're on their bed and their tears are hitting the pillow and they're pacing or frantically and pacing in anxiety the floors of their houses and their homes when they because they don't recognize or understand where they are or what's going on or they're not picking up on you or they moved away from what it is for their heart to be burned by you we pray God for a massive returning spiritual prodigals returning prodigals in the leadership returning prodigals who are senior pastors returning prodigals who are, are worship leaders and, 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 and lead on any kind of platform or any kind of way if they do so in your name we are praying right now for the drawing of the courts of love that come from your throne to return them back to the burning passion it is to walk with Jesus restore those families Jesus ministry families have been decimated decimated and destroyed by whacked priorities we're calling for conviction that man of God with three and four women outside of his wife, we're calling for conviction. We're calling for conviction. That youth leader that's touching those children inappropriately, we are calling for conviction. The burning away of the dross within the heart that keeps them in a space to where that is appropriate behavior. We are calling for the fire of God. We as a church, we're picking it up and we are crying out. And thank you that whether we hear a report or not, we pick up on what God is saying. Yes. 
for the Lord said that his bride being one without spot and wrinkle you gave those gifts that they will be a blessing and those who stand on those posts and stand in those offices and are right now not operating as a blessing we pray that the fallow ground that the fallow ground that the fallow ground would be broken up I see the image of a lady I can tell that she's a pastor's wife I have no idea where she at or who she is she's in a fetal position crying out to you Lord she's been doing this for a long time because she's sick of that duality life husband stands up and projects one thing he comes home and he's something else and there's massive confusion on her Lord there's massive confusion because she's at a fork in the road and don't really know what to do knows what she wants to do but doesn't feel it to be appropriate every ounce of energy from this intercession Lord go to bring comfort and for her to be reminded that you're not an author of confusion and that you are the God of all comfort we pray protection over that family and we pray right now God for mirror like clarity for her in her next days but we pray with the intense heat of the God who answers by fire that the fallow ground of that husband of that man of God would be broken that the convicting power of the Holy Spirit would arrest him and lead him back by your goodness Father, we thank you for hearing us. Thank you for trusting us to even tell us to do something like that. You heard us. We prayed in accordance with your will. And so we know it is done. And so we give you the praise, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's fitting. I think it's appropriate to give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Lift your hands, please. Let me bless you before you go. May the Lord's favor, strength, and grace rest upon you so strong. beyond anything that you could think, hope, or imagine. May he bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. Establish you. Give you peace. Mark you with such a difference so that his way is known in the earth and his salvation among the nations. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Love you. We'll see you next week. Love you.